This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, praise God, we're going to have a great time today. And, uh, you know, today we're going to tell a little bit of the Easter story. Uh, the Easter story, if you're familiar with it, maybe not. Uh, you know, I just watched last night this great movie called Son of God, and, and that kind of fired me up a little bit more. My kids are really getting into it. But the Easter story is a story of deliverance and freedom. And that's the title today. You'll see that on the screen there. The, the title today is Deliverance and Freedom, because the story that we're celebrating today, I mean, there's so many angles, there's so many aspects that, that this encompasses. It, it, it's really difficult to, to fully cover the entire Easter resurrection story in one day. I mean, there's so much that happened on that day. But one angle, one avenue that I'm really looking at today is the, the, the story of deliverance and freedom. Now, Maybe you've never seen it told that way before, but every single person in this room and every single person that's ever been born has been held captive by something or someone. And you're like, well, I didn't, hey, no, no one's ever had me. No one, nothing's ever got a hold of me. I promise you there has been a war to get your soul since the moment that you were born. And whether you realize it or not, and, and there's some people, I say that, and they easily identify. They're like, yeah, man, I remember addiction tried to get me, or, or, or anger tried to get me, or hatred, and they can identify it. But then there's another group of people that they just sit there and they're like, man, no, there's, there's no war against me. I, I'm good, man. I've, I've got money. I've got what I need. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's a lot more dangerous to be in trouble and not know it than it is for the person that can easily say, well, you know, hey, yeah, I've messed up and I need some help right now. I heard this story about this lady was watching the 6 o'clock evening news. And, and as she's watching it, there's helicopters over the freeway and, and, and the police. There's a guy driving the complete wrong way against the rush hour traffic on the 405 freeway right at rush hour. And she's like, wait a minute. That's the road my husband drives every day. He's probably on there right now. So she calls her husband and she's like, honey, get off the road. There's some maniac driving the wrong way in traffic on the 405 right now. And he's like, tell me about it. It's not just one. There's thousands of them. So sometimes, thank you, Doug. I needed that. Thank you. So listen, listen to me. Sometimes it's more dangerous to be the one that you don't even know that you're wrong. You don't even know that you're in danger, but you really, really are. And so the story of Easter, the story of the resurrection, it's so beautiful because I don't have to be owned by the devil anymore. Fear doesn't have to own me anymore. Depression and anxiety and stress and poverty and sickness don't have to own me anymore. Jesus owns me because I gave my life to him and I'm letting him call the shots and it's a wild ride, but man, is it worth it. (laughs) And so one thing you'll find out around here is we believe that in this life right now, you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be messed up. And, And, you know, I mean, some people are like, yeah, we'll get victory. Someday on the other side, when we get to heaven, 
then it'll be okay. But when I saw Jesus pray, he said, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't have to live on in hell on earth until you get to heaven. You can have some victory right now in 2021 because Jesus Christ paid the price for my stupidity. For my sin, for my mistakes, Jesus paid the price and he made a way for me to be victorious when I get to heaven, thank God, but also in this life right here. And so I'm going to open up in prayer and we're going to dig into the word of God today. And I, I challenge you, I encourage you to follow along the best you can. And I believe that God is going to speak to you today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you that you want to speak to us today. You want to get our attention. You want to you want to tell us something today. And so, God, I pray that we would have ears to hear in the name of Jesus what it is you're trying to say. And we thank you that you're changing our lives today. And we will never, ever, ever be the same after this day in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And so we're going to look at three things today. That Jesus has set us free from. Now, as I sat down to kind of compile the list of this, I started writing and writing. And literally, and I mean minutes, you could come up with hundreds of things that Jesus has set you free from. Because the list is endless. But for the sake of time, we've narrowed it down to three. So, follow along the best you can. Things that he has set me free from. Number one, my past. Number one, Jesus has set me free from my past. He has set us free from our past. Now, one thing we all have in common in here, maybe, you know, we've got some things in common, some things we're different on. But one thing that we all have in common is everybody in here has a past, right? I mean, unless you were just born five minutes ago, you've got some sort of a past. Now, some people, maybe you've got a really good past and you've just had this excellent, wonderful, rosy life. We're super happy for you. God bless you. Maybe some people have had, you know, a mediocre, like, yeah, my life's been okay. Maybe some people have a past that they aren't so proud of. But no matter what it is, we all have a past, and and we all carry that with us, all right? And so maybe in your past, people have done some bad things to you that you did not deserve. That's possible. Maybe you've had some difficulties that, I mean, it wasn't even your fault. It just happened. Or maybe, on the other hand, if you were to be honest with yourself, you'd say, well, you know, I'm kind of the one that's made things difficult on some other people. I've harmed people in my past, and I regret it now. And, and, and either way, no matter what it is, you're here right now, and we all have a past. But the good news is, because of Jesus... My past is not what defines me anymore. If I used to be addicted to drugs, you know what? Forget it. That was my past. I'm a new person now because of Jesus Christ. If I used to be bound by anger and rage and fighting and malice and and hatred and all this stuff, I don't have to be that way anymore because of Jesus Christ. Look at a verse with me this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Amen. Who's glad that Jesus made a way for you so you don't have to be tied to your past anymore? Second Corinthians 5, and we're going to look here at verse 17. If you receive Jesus, you are a brand new person. Now, sometimes in our mind, it's hard to comprehend that because it's pretty hard sometimes in this life to get a second chance. 
people, you know, well, you know, you burned that bridge. We aren't trusting you anymore. Or, hey, we know what you did back then. And people will hold it against you. But thank God, Jesus isn't like everybody else. And so 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Can somebody say new? If you're in Christ, if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. The old is passed away and all things have become new. When we receive Jesus, we become a brand new person. Now, you may look the same on the outside. You may go and tell people, hey, man, I just gave my life to the Lord. I'm a new person. And they're like, you don't look any different to me. You look at the exact same dude that was at work on Friday. And now you're here on Monday and you say, you're, I don't see anything different about you. And, hey, man, that, that's, you're, that doesn't mean on the outside you're going to change. It means on the inside you're a brand. If they could see you now on the inside, it would shock people that you are a brand new person. The past is gone and you only have the future to look forward to if you'll give it to Jesus. Now, it may take some time for people to see that you're actually different. And there may be a time period where, hey, you've got to build some trust. You've got to kind of prove some things. I think about the Apostle Paul. Uh, he, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he was a pretty rough dude before he became a Christian. In fact, he thought it was his life calling and mission to get Christians arrested, to have them beaten, and in some cases even have them killed. He was a maniac, nearly a terrorist, that hated Christians with every fiber of his being. And then one day the Lord Jesus appears to him and is like, man, why you been messing with me? Why are you persecuting me? Saul, that was his name at the time. He's like, I've never done anything to you. Leave me alone. He's like, hey, when you're messing with all my people, you're messing with me. And I don't like it. He's like, okay, my bad. Hey, And so he Gives his life. Paul, the man that tortured the followers of Jesus, that tortured Christians, now becomes one of us. But here's the deal. When he started wanting to go around the Christians like, hey guys, I'm one of you now. They're like, uh, this is a setup. No. (laughs) I was born at night, not last night. I don't trust you, man. Well, get away. You're not welcome in this church. You're not welcome with us. We know what this is. Well, you, you beat my cousin up. You killed my grandpa. I don't want nothing to do with you. It took a period of time before people, before Christians trusted him. But believe me, there was a change on the inside of that man. He went from being the most fierce Christian hater in the world to being the most powerful Christian in the world, and God used him. And so what I'm telling you today is this, is maybe you've got a past that you just aren't, frankly, that proud of, and you're a little bit ashamed of, but listen, because of Jesus Christ, that's not you anymore. That's not you. You are a brand new creation if you receive Jesus, and if you give it to him. I want to show you another verse. Amen. You can give God some praise. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Because I need you to see something about God's forgiveness. When God forgives, he does it in a whole different way than what humans do. You ever had somebody tell you, yeah, I forgive you. And then they bring it up again. Wait a minute. I thought you forgave me. I I do, but I'm just letting you know, I will never forget. Man, what kind of forgiveness is that? Keep it. And so listen, 
God is not like people. Jesus, his, his definition of forgiveness is a whole lot better than people's. And so Isaiah 43 and verse 25, and this is one of my favorite verses. This is beautiful and powerful. The Lord says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he says, I will forgive you. I will blot out. I will totally erase your sins for my own sake. And I will never think of them again. That's forgiveness right there. People, they again, they say, I forgive you. Then they keep bringing it up again. That's not forgiveness. That's some fake, phony version of it. But Jesus says, hey, when I forgive, I forget. I will never bring it up again. And so listen, if you have repented, if you've asked Jesus to forgive you, and then you just keep sitting there and your sins, your past mistakes, your past failures keep coming to your mind, you're like, man, God's really just trying to, he's just trying to let me have it today. That's not God. He's not bringing up your past mistakes. He's not bringing up your past sins. He says, I bought them out and I'll never think of them again. The only way, if you've given it all to Jesus and you're still thinking of all the rotten things you used to do, the only way that that's coming to your mind is if the devil is bringing up your past, trying to get you not focused on your future. But listen to me right now. Because of what Jesus did that was the old you. You are a new creation. You're not the same anymore. You're a brand new person. And so Jesus forgives and then, thank God Almighty, he forgets. Now, some people, they may be giving it to Jesus, but they're still struggling with forgiveness issues. God's forgiven you if you've repented. Maybe other people have forgiven you but you have not forgiven yourself. Now that's a dangerous, sad trap to be in, and you need delivered today. April 4th, 2021, you need delivered from holding yourself captive to your own past. Because Jesus isn't doing that anymore. You're doing it to yourself. But thank God, because Jesus died, and then he rose again, you don't have to be held captive and a prisoner to your past anymore. You can forgive yourself if Jesus forgave you. And today is that day. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Give God some praise. Come on. He paid a very expensive price for your freedom. He paid a very expensive price to give you this gift of forgiveness you need to accept it. It's rude to not accept a very expensive gift from somebody. Am I right? <laughs> you need to accept that gift. Now, the second thing I'm going to talk about today is this. We're talking about things that we have been set free from. Number one, our past. Number two, fear. Number two, fear. And why do I say that? Because there is a pandemic that has gone on way longer than a year. And I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about a pandemic of fear. There are people that are controlled by fear. Now, listen, it is heightened. It's gotten a whole lot worse in the last 13 months. But absolutely, there is a 
pandemic of people controlled by fear. Well, not, not me. I'm not afraid of getting sick. I'm not even talking about being afraid of getting sick. I'm talking about all sorts of different fears that the devil tries to throw at you. Now, as bad as the health pandemic has been, all right, you know, depending on some people think it's bad, some people don't. You know, you're, you're an American. Do your own homework. Feel how you want to feel about it. But listen, no matter what you feel on that, fear is a killer and it will destroy you from the inside out. But it does not have to be that way anymore. And so I want to look at a few things here. Man. We're going to look at Luke chapter 21, so flip over there. But, you know, it's been incredible to me how controlling fear is, how powerful fear has been in people's lives. You know, during this whole, uh, the, the lockdowns we've seen in the pandemic, it's been insane how suicide rates have skyrocketed in the last year. And, and, you know, I, I was, uh, I, I was reading an article, uh, from the John Muir Medical Center in Walnut Creek, California. They said in July of last year that they had seen more deaths by suicide during the quarantine from that period than they had deaths from COVID-19. And I'm like, I saw this on ABC. I'm like, what in the, that's insane. I'm not hearing anything about this stuff. And, and, and then uh, one of the, the lead doctors there, Dr. Mike DeBoisbank, said, we've never seen numbers like this in such a short period of time. We've seen a year's worth of suicide attempts in the last four weeks alone. I'm like, this is insanity. I've done funerals this year for people that committed suicide because they just, the, the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty is killing them. But it does not have to be that way. We don't have to live in fear if we've got Jesus. And so Jesus gave us, you know, thank God he warns us about the future. Do you know that Jesus will tell you about things before they even happen sometimes? And so this time period we live in as Christians, we refer to it as the end times. Now, Jesus, fortunately, gave us a long list of things to look out for. Before he comes back, he's like, hey, before the end of the world, before this whole thing is shut down and wrapped up, you're going to see this, 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 and this happen. And he gives us this huge list in Matthew 24, Luke chapter 21. And in fact, in in Luke 21, he said that there would be plagues and epidemics. Luke 21, 11, right before the end of the world, there would be plagues and epidemics. And I'm like, check, got it. That happened in 2020. He said there would be these bizarre weather patterns. He said there would be wars and rumors of wars. And he said there would be racial tensions that would divide the races apart in Matthew chapter 24. There's so many things that he talked about. And boom, 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 boom. We're seeing them happen right now. 2020, 2021, you don't have to be that smart to realize something's going on here right now. But Luke chapter 21 and verse 26, he talks about something I had never really considered as being a sign of the end times before. He said that fear would be a powerful warning of the end of the world. Luke 21 verse 26 in the New Living Translation, it says people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth for the powers and the heavens will be shaken 
People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. Would you say that people have been terrified at what they see coming upon the earth? I know people, and I, I, my heart breaks for them. They're terrified right now, whether it's of sickness or whether it's of war or of a financial collapse or whatever it is. They're terrified, and they won't even leave their house. And I'm not making fun. That breaks my heart because Second Timothy 1.7, one of the first Bible verses I ever learned, said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I can tell you this much, we've all been going through the storm over the last year, but praise God, we haven't all been in the same boat. I've been in the boat full of power, love, and a sound mind. I have not lost, amen? I haven't lost one second of sleep. I've never been healthier in my entire life. I haven't coughed in over two years, it seems like. Well, you're a bragger. I'm talking about when I saw things getting serious, I decided I'm going to take Jesus more serious than I've ever taken him in my entire life. Do I regret it now? I don't regret it one bit. I've never been better in my life. And it's not because I'm awesome. It's because Jesus is awesome. And the promises that he made to me, it turns out they're all true. None of them are a lie. I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got the provision I need. And it's all because of Jesus. Luke 21, verse 26 in the Passion Translation, it says, What men see coming to the earth will cause the fear of doom to grip their hearts. The fear of doom to grip their hearts. And I hate that because I hate fear because fear makes people do some really mean and nasty and bad, bad things. It makes, it makes people turn against their fellow brother, their fellow sister. And I mean, you, you, you hear that, oh man, there's a pandemic. I'll go buy all the toilet paper before all the old people can get to it. What kind of loser does that? Listen. Oh, sorry. If that was you, my bad. If that was you, I'm sorry. Listen. Fear makes people do stupid things, and it makes you look like a dummy. And that's what the devil wants to do. He controls people with fear. But listen, he doesn't have to control you anymore. You can be smart, you can be safe, you can be responsible, but you don't have to be controlled by fear anymore. Because Jesus came and he broke the power of Satan over my mind, over my body, over my spirit, and I don't have to live that way anymore. I am not afraid of what's going to happen next because of Jesus. Now, one thing I found out, the more I study about Jesus, I find out that basically he tells me the exact opposite of everything that the rest of the world is telling me. The rest of the world's like, hey, be greedy, you better hoard this stuff. Jesus says, no, give. Go ahead, give. The rest of the world says, man, you better hate them. They're not like you. Jesus says, love them. Love your neighbor as yourself. The rest of the world says, be afraid, fear. And Jesus shows up and says, fear not, for I am with you. Look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Praise God. I get excited on Resurrection Day, man, because I realize that the devil tried to kill me. He tried his best, but it wasn't enough. Jesus came through in the end. Amen. 
When I was three and a half years old, I was diagnosed with leukemia. I went crippled and I couldn't walk. And I was put into a children's hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. But praise God, I didn't stay there. One night I went to bed and I had cancer in my blood and I was dying. The next morning I woke up and I hadn't walked in a long time. I got up off of this hospital table and I started running through the children's hospital. And they said, catch that kid. The doctors grabbed me. They put me on the table. They started drawing my blood out. They said, this, this kid doesn't have any cancer in his blood. There's no leukemia. And so, believe me, <laughs> I believe in Jesus. You're too late to tell me that Jesus isn't real. You're too late to tell me that Jesus doesn't heal. You're too late to tell me that God is not good. He saved my life. The doctor said, well, he's had all this chemo. He probably couldn't have kids at this point. Let me tell you, I got married at 19, and three years later, we said, let's have kids. We had four kids, boom, 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 in a row, and I give God all the glory. Amen. God has been so good to me. Amen. And so here's a story, John chapter 6. Now, maybe you've heard this story. This is Jesus Him and the disciples, they were out, man, they were working full time. They were preaching. They were healing. They were, they were preaching the good news and setting people free. And so one night, the disciples get in the boat. They're getting ready to go across to the other side of the water. And Jesus is like, hey, you guys just hold on. I got to go pray for a minute. And so John chapter six, verse 16, it says that evening, Jesus disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell, And Jesus still hadn't come back. They got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. And so they just couldn't wait. They had to take off. And let me just tell you right now, it's always a good idea to wait for Jesus, okay? Never set sail without Jesus. Well, he sure has taken a long time to answer this prayer. Just wait. You don't want to find out what happens if you don't wait, all right? And so they get impatient. They take off. And then verse 18, soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat and they were terrified. Now, I always heard this story and I'm like, oh, they were just out there a little bit and Jesus... They were three or four miles out at sea, and here comes Jesus, the middle of the night, three or four miles. That's more than a lot of us walk in one day, all right? If you're doing your step count there, what is that, like 7,000 steps or something, that Jesus takes on the water, and there, it's the middle of the night. Imagine this. The water's being tossed everywhere. There's rain coming down. The wind's blowing. You're like, what's going on? And then you see somebody walking on the water, and you're four miles from land. What is going on? They're terrified. They're like, what is this? Is this a ghost? But he called out to them, don't be afraid. Fear not. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. Yeah, everyone's eager to let Jesus in the boat now. Now, oh, it's Jesus. Let him in. And immediately they arrived at their destination. So why am I telling that story? I'm telling that story because according to Hebrews 13:8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that told the disciples in the middle of their storm, fear not, don't be afraid, I'm here now. That's the same Jesus that rose from the dead and is telling you right now in 2021, fear not. Why? 
I'm here now. Everything's going to be okay. Just let me into your boat. And let me give you a tip. It's a real good idea to let Jesus into your boat. Really good idea to let Jesus into the boat. And he's saying the same thing to you today. Don't be afraid. I am here. And you don't have to be afraid if you are relying on Jesus. Now, there's some people there, you know, bless their heart. They're not relying on Jesus and they're full of fear and turmoil and anxiety. And let me tell you, that's a sad, awful way to live your life, man. Jesus has better. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you to have the joy of the Lord. He wants you to have the peace of God. He wants you to know, hey, everything for me and my family is going to be all right because we belong to Jesus. And the third thing I'm going to say today is this. What does Jesus set us free from? Well, number one, ourselves. All right. And then number two, fear. And the third thing is this from Satan. Now, that's a broad thing to say right there. But listen to me. Jesus has set me free from Satan. And at this point, according to Luke 10, 18, as a born again Christian, I have authority over all the works of the devil. And not just me. You do, too. If you've received Jesus. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, well, I get what you're talking about, but I've got no issues with my past. Good. Good for you. Well, I'm here and I don't have any issues with fear. Good for you. But I'll tell you this right now. Every single human being ever has had issues with the devil, whether you know it or not. You think other people are your problem. Man, I hate that guy. I hate that girl. Man, listen, people aren't your problem. You need to open up your eyes and realize that there is a real enemy out there and it's the devil. But guess what? He does not have authority or control over me anymore because of what Jesus did. Amen. Give Jesus some praise today. In John 10, 10, Jesus said that Satan, the thief, comes to steal, kill and destroy. Steal, kill and destroy. And so if you've been stolen from in your life, Jesus didn't steal from you. He's not a thief. The devil did. If you've had destruction and death in your life, Jesus didn't come and destroy in your life. He's not a destroyer. He's a healer. The devil did those things. But you need to realize that the moment that you give your life to Jesus, praise God, he does not have the authority over you anymore. Jesus does if you'll submit yourself to him. Now, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that Satan is temporarily the God of this world. Now, people always say things like, well, if God's in charge of everything, then why'd this happen? Man, you better know that God is not in charge of everybody and everything in this world. He's not. If he was, he'd make every single person be nice. He would force you to go to church. He would force you to brush your teeth. He would he would force you to, you know, whatever. But listen, he's not forcing anybody. You as a Christian. Hey. You're under the control of Jesus if you choose to submit your life to him. There's two choices. And if you're not submitted to him, sadly, there's somebody else calling the shots in your life. Whether you agree with that or not, that's fine, man. I don't need you to agree with me to know I'm right. Listen, (laughs) I'm joking. But listen to me. Satan is a stealer. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. And Jesus is the exact opposite. Quit blaming stuff on him that he didn't do. He doesn't deserve that. 
He came to set you free. He came to heal you, not to make life worse on you. And so let me show you something here in 1 John 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, verse 8. So how did Satan become the God of this world? Well, back in the Garden of Eden, God created these two people, Adam and Eve, right? And he says, Adam, I'm going to put you, man, you're, you're in charge of, of all this, the, the garden and this earth, man. You, you just manage this. You take care of it. You tend to the ground. You take care of things down here. And Adam's like, hey, got it. And then, of course, Satan shows up, right? He enters into this snake. One reason why I still hate snakes to this day, I don't trust them, man. But listen, and so Satan speaks to him and says, hey, 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 Eve, listen, if you'll just do what I say, man, you're going to be smart. You're going to know everything. You'll know the difference between good and evil. So Adam and Eve disobey the one rule they had. And by that one act of disobedience, they sold out their rights to this earth, man. And Satan took over. And it's been a lot of bad stuff ever since. So he's raging. He's doing what he can to screw your life over and and to mess you up in every possible way. Because he knows that the day is coming when Jesus comes back and takes his family up to heaven with him. And Satan has a short period of time after that to do what he wants to do. And he's getting locked away forever and ever and ever. But First John 3, 8, it says, But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But look at this last line right here. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? Because he had nothing else to do? No. Jesus came, say it with me, to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. But how do you do that? How did he do that? The Bible tells us that the very last enemy that will ever be defeated is this enemy called death. Everybody has to face it. Everybody, whether they like that thought or not, death is an enemy, the scripture says, that everybody has to face. And so Jesus, in order to defeat Satan, in order to defeat this final enemy called death, he had to become one of us. Because only only as a human being could he have a body to die in, according to Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. He had to have a body. He comes down here and says, you know what? Someone's got, hey, for all this bad, for all this evil, someone's going to have to die for it. And so Jesus said, hey, I'll be that one. And he came down here, man, and he took the most gruesome beating that we could ever even imagine. And in fact, I don't think we, none of us will ever fully understand the price that it took to set a guy like me free to pay for my sins, to pay for your sins. But it was not a cheap price. There were no coupons. There were no discount codes on your phone. Somebody had to do it the rough, dirty, hard way. And Jesus paid that price. I want to take a minute here and we're just going to watch a video as we kind of close things out for a minute to kind of remind us and show us of the price that was paid to give you another chance. The price that was paid so you could be healed. The price that was paid so you could go to heaven. This video should have been me. It should have been you. But Jesus said, no, I'll do it. I'll give my body. I'll, I'll, I'll take their punishment instead. Just give it to me. Amen. Let's take a minute as we remember what Jesus did on this wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Go ahead. So what we just saw right there is, uh, man, as I look at that, you know, I, I'm not a real emotional guy, but that makes me, <laughs> makes me reexamine a lot of things in my life. 
And one thing I realize as I look at that is that was voluntary, right? Nobody forced Jesus to do that. We think, well, he had to. I mean, he, he was God's son. Jesus said, no one is stealing my life. I'm doing this because I want to. And as we study scripture, we realize that Jesus died right there. And so where was he on Friday night? Where was he all of Saturday up until sunrise on Sunday morning? Well, Acts 2.27 lets us know that he, his body was in the tomb, but his spirit descended into hell. And there was three days of warfare, three days of battle that went on between Jesus and Satan. He went right in to the bully's own neighborhood. He went right into his own backyard outnumbered by satan and all of his buddies and friends and he said i'm down here and i'm ready to fight for all those people up there you can't have them anymore i am once and for all gonna pay the price for those guys and he went down there's three days of battle three days of warfare jesus fighting the devil and his demons he was outnumbered but guess what jesus became victorious. He won the battle. Colossians 2.15 puts it this way. It says, Then Jesus in hell made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Jesus wins this battle in hell. And he leads Satan and his demons through the streets of hell. And they, they didn't beat him. He was marching them around and saying, and this, let this be a lesson to everybody else that wants to mess with my people ever again. This is what happens when you mess with my people. That's a powerful thing to think about. And I'm like, man, but, but why did the perfect guy have to die for all of us screwed up people? Well, I, I heard a story. Uh, this, this old man was walking down the street and, and he sees this, this little boy coming out of a, of a, of a pawn shop. And, and, and this kid, he, he has this bird and, and he has this cage and, and he's got this bird and, and, and the cage. And, and the old man says, Hey, where'd you get that bird? Well, I, I caught this stupid thing down at the park and I got him in this cage. Well, what are you going to do with him? I don't know. I'm going to torture him for a little while. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, Throw some stuff at him. I'm just gonna mess with him. I'm gonna shake the cage and see what he does. I'm gonna just, I don't know, I'm just gonna torture him. Then I'll probably just kill him and let him go. And the old man says, how much do you want for the bird? And the kid says, this thing? It's, it's worthless. <laughs> I don't want it for the bird. The man said, I'll give you a hundred dollars for the bird right now. Just give him to me. And the kid says, he's not worth one dollar. You're gonna give me a hundred? That's okay. I'll pay whatever it takes. Just give me the bird. And so, the old man buys the bird and the cage from the little kid. He takes off down the street. The old man opens it up and instantly lets him go. He paid a super expensive price for something, someone that wasn't worth it at all. Why? Because he wanted to set that living thing free. And I'm telling you right now, I was not worth the price that Jesus paid for me. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't worth that. You weren't worth that, but Jesus paid the price anyway because he said, you know what, I don't care if this isn't the deal of the day. It's worth it 
She's got to be set free. She is living in bondage. She can't live that way anymore. He can't live that way anymore. I have got to set them free. And the only way to do it is to pay the most expensive price because nothing else will do. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. I've heard it put this way. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. And I owed a debt that I could not pay. But Jesus came anyway and paid the price for me. And because of that, I'm going to heaven. I am assured of this. But I also don't have to be held captive by fear, by my past mistakes and sins. And I don't have to be held captive by Satan any longer. When he comes knocking on my door, I say, in the name of Jesus, you get away from this house. You can't have me. You can't have my wife. You can't have my kids. You can't have my church. You can't have my city. You can't have my health. You can't have my finances. Go in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. I'm going to ask us to stand up together today. Could we do that? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.